yeah, I was leading that heat race at the night before the mile, and Sammy just came in and blasted me. Blasted <laughs> I remember that. Now. Yeah, I, was, I think I came over to you, and I, I was like, dude, that's that's every lap at this at this level, man. <laughs> Episode 7, Tank Slapping Podcast. Corey Texter here, as always, with Jacob Johnson. Jake? Jacob. Jacob. It's been uh, a little bit longer than we usually take, but we're back in action, and yeah, here we are, man. How are you? Good. Not bad. Yeah. We're uh, a couple days late, but it seems like it's been two weeks since I was sitting in this chair having a beer, but (laughs) I guess it really hasn't been that long. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean... uh, you rode just recently, right? Let's talk about your uh, little comeback tour on the Suzuki. Well, I'll let you tell the, tell everybody. W- where did you ride at, and what was it? Yeah, it was just a little indoor short track. Well, it's under a roof. I wouldn't say it's indoors. It's got a roof, but it's open. So uh, Daryl Bear, um, Bear Racing, I'm sure everybody knows Sean. His dad's a local promoter, so um, he's been putting on these races the last couple of years, and I'm a fair weather rider. Uh, I'll just give you that up front. So I seen it was going to be like 60 degrees and it was pouring down rain in the morning. But like I said, we were under a roof. So I went down, they had an open practice in the morning and then the race at night. So drug the old uh, Suzuki framer out and uh, spun some laps. So yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun to get that thing back out. And I had to work on it a little more than I wanted to. The that's why I didn't go. I didn't yeah. want to have to work on anything. So I just, y'all, y'all have had it. Yeah, I forgot. I haven't ridden a carbureted motorcycle in so long. Oh. And you kind of take fuel injection for granted. And yeah, the 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 needle ended up falling out, and the bike wouldn't run. It was yeah. I, I finally got it figured out. I. I Blew the dust off my old jet boxes and carburetor parts and yeah, I don't even know how to work on a carburetor. I don't think yeah, it's like vintage. Yeah, so yeah, so I got it going and, and spun some laps, had some fun, and uh, I was gonna race that night, but I, don't, I guess I was scared and didn't race. It's, well, you were mentoring Noah Chambers. Right. Yeah, Noah went down with his fresh Cowie 450, and you were uh, putting him under your wing a little bit. Yeah, I wouldn't say that. I mean, he was he was doing well, keeping an eye on him. He had a couple almost high sides, and uh, yeah, I mean, but yeah, he had, he he did good. I mean, that was definitely something that was way out of his element. Anything he's it, nothing that he's seen yet. You know, he's ridden some fast TTs, the lightning fast winter throwdown. Yep. Um, so this was like a slick indoor short track, and uh, yeah, he did well. I mean. Yeah. I it saw was, some it video. was a big learning experience, but, uh, yeah, yeah. He had a, had a good night and, uh, yeah, I just kind of hung out and watched, try to try to support the, the local flat track community a little bit, but it was, uh, it was fun. Yeah. Well, wanted to, uh, talk about that a little bit, but our guest for tonight, I'm real excited about it's a rider we haven't heard from in a long time, actually. He's kind of under the radar a little bit, but it's Dominic Calendres. So for those that know Dominic, will uh, attest to the fact that he's a very, very talented rider. He's from Northern California, and a couple years back, I guess it's a, man, it's more than a couple years now. 2016, I think. 2016, he was involved in a career-ending injury, or a career-ending crash at Peoria TT. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that with Dominic. And 
just get some thoughts on, you know, how this season played out. It's always good to get perspective from another racer. And I know Dominic still follows the sport a lot and a lot of fans want to hear from him. So, you know, there's been a lot of injuries recently in our sport and I want to catch up with somebody who we haven't heard from in a while. So yeah. really excited to talk to Dominic. It's been a while since I've talked to him on the phone. We talk a little bit on social media here and there, but really excited to actually talk to him and, uh, and see how he's doing. But even though we didn't have a podcast now for, I don't know, 10, 11 days, there isn't a lot of news. Um, pretty quiet. The the only news we have here in our notes involves me and Jake. So, (laughs) um, we said we'd have some JJ five news for this episode. And what the hell is Jake Johnson doing this year? Jake, give us a rundown on what has transpired since our last episode. Dude, I don't even know. (laughs) It's well, I'll be racing some wild card rounds as many as I can. Yeah, that that's about it, really. I, I've got two Indians. Uh, I've got a van, brand new van, used, used. Well, we're on a budget over here. Brand new-ish. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, just gonna try to go do something. Go, obviously, going to Daytona, Atlanta, Charlotte, Texas. Starting out with the first uh, four, obviously, and then, uh, yeah, just kind of see how it goes. Um, like I said, I, I want to try to do all of them. Um, not sure if that's the case, but. Uh, yeah, we'll have some more info here in the next couple of weeks. That's what you said the last episode. Well, but we did have more. I'm, info, I'm announcing that I'm racing. Okay, that's okay. big news. That is big news. You know, still finalizing, uh, you know, sponsorship stuff and and kind of official team name and this and that. But um, still sorting those things out. Um, but yeah, I, I just uh, figured any JJ Five fans out there or or haters, Dude, we have a lot. Of I'm, JJ back. Five fans. I'm back. I'm <laughs> back. So we'll, like we'll see how it left. goes. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's awesome. Uh, so when they announced the Super Twins deal, you know, they they put the list out. Was it difficult to get your light, get the approval? Like, I mean, they had their list out there. What did it take to get a spot for you? Uh, I guess $1,800 and a phone call, really. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's still some uh, things to sort out, I guess, on, on that end. Um, obviously... Some races are, you know, full, not full, you know, so there's three wild cards available for each round. So I I just got to see where I fit and and where they think I fit. But uh, but like I said, I want to try to do, um, you know, 95, if not 100 percent of of the races, depending on, you know, what what AFT does on their side and how things work out. But uh, but yeah, I'm going to be there and yeah, hopefully. have some good bikes and good try results. To do, try to do some damage. Oh yeah, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Yeah, and uh, what's uh, what's your news? Well, I mean, this is a this is JJ Five News Week new, and big news, big news. This actually it seems so long ago because I think we released, I think we did the podcast, and then the next day is when we released the news that I was signed with my GNG Racing team again for this 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 season. So. No, nothing, nothing crazy or too exciting there. I, what, I ha- t- what took so long? Right, negotiating big bonuses. I mean, I mean, one year contract, you win a championship. You know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, it was always kind of the plan to uh, go back with those guys. I had a lot of fun with them, and they they treat me well. And I just wanted to make sure it, it made the most sense for me. And uh, moving forward, you know, there was a. I mean, I'm going to be real, like the whole Harley Davidson thing with the production twins, it just got my brain thinking a bit. And I wanted to see if that was a possibility. And 
you know, the contingency money they laid out was, was really good. It was, it was intriguing, but, and, um, I had some, you know, I wouldn't say offers, but I had some deals in the works to maybe make that happen. But at the end of the day, I wanted to stay loyal to my team. They helped me win that number one plate. So I wanted to put it on their motorcycles and not somebody else's. And I just feel like the Yamaha in the production class gives me the best chance to win over the course of a season. So yeah, I like my team. I like my guys. They're working um, hard to make the bikes better. And I just want to have fun with this. And yeah, those guys, it's a comfort thing. So I, yeah. I like to stay with them. It's never a bad thing to go back with a team that you've already raced with for one year, you know, bouncing around, as you know, teams, it oh, makes yeah. it harder. So uh, I think we'll be a lot better next year. I'm sorry, this year than we were last year. That's the, that's the hope at least. So yeah, we'll see. It should be a, uh, should be a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Those G and G guys are, I know them a little bit, get to talk to them at the races a little bit. And uh, I mean, they're into it, man. They're, they're pumped uh, on last season and they just love flat track racing. You yeah. Know, just, it's, you could see it. They're just, just smiling every week at the track. So, uh, so yeah, it's cool, cool to see you guys back together and, uh, yeah. yeah, try to back it up. Yeah. That's, uh, we'll, we'll see what, see what happens, man. It's, <laughs> it's no joke. There's some fast guys in that class. So, uh, I hope it continues to grow because I, I think it's a, uh, it's a really good class and it gives, uh, a lot of people that can't afford, you know, an Indian or an XG or whatever, the uh, the opportunity to be competitive and, and, and go for race wins and things like that. But, yeah, that was the news, man. There's not much news going on. It was yeah. kind of boring. But the um, so the, this show, we're going to do things a little bit differently. We're going to call Dominic Klin just here in a little bit. But we wanted to go over some fan Q&A. So we might have to taper these fan Q&As down a little because we're getting a ton of wow, them. It's good stuff. It's Send good them stuff. in and we'll fit them in as we can. Um, yeah. We got a lot this week. We're going to try and run through them as quick as we can so we can fit all of them. But before we get too far into it, I wanted to also thank our sponsor of this show. And it's Mike Hacker with Presidential Mortgage. If you need a home loan, refinance, or home equity line of credit, contact Mike at mike.hacker at presidential.com. Mike's also on Facebook. He's easy to find if you're looking to buy a house, refinance, anything along the lines of home purchasing or anything like that. Give Mike a mess or give him a call, send him a message, shoot him an email. He's really good about getting back to you, and uh, he'll go to work for you. He works hard, so yeah, he doesn't answer my phone calls, but if but if I wanted a mortgage, he, he'd pick up right yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, so. exactly, right. <laughs> yeah, so thanks to Mike for uh, believing in the show and and being our first sponsor. That's really cool. Um, get right into the fan Q and A. Uh, one, one of the questions. Uh, I don't I don't know who some of these are from. Maybe I dropped the ball on including the name, but yeah, um, you know who you are. Yeah, you know who you are, but. If you were to get rid of one of the three classes in American Flat Track, what class would you get rid of? Well, I'm not getting rid of the class I'm in. I think it's good. <laughs> I think it's going to grow and get bigger. The singles class, I don't I don't think we should get rid of that either. That's very, yeah. very, very productive. I, I'd say Super Twins. I mean, I don't think we should get rid of the Super Twins, like the, the riders and the Premier Class deal. But I think the Premier Class maybe in the near future should be everyone on production bikes. Um I think it's a more cost-efficient way of doing things. I think there, I could get into it a lot. We, we don't, we're not going to get into it too much, but I, I would take I would take away the Super Twins class and make the Production Twins and the Singles. I'd make them the two classes. Yeah, yeah, that's a tough question. I mean, the way everything is right now, it's. I mean, if you took one away right now, something would crash, right? I mean, yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's a tough one. Um, I can't pick. I mean, like I said, like you said, I mean, I think it would maybe be Super Twins and just have one Premier Twins class again, maybe. But there's a lot of things that would have to change if that were to happen. But yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I say we leave it how it is and uh, see how it plays out. That's, yeah, that's all you can do. Yep. Another question. Do you see high-level hooligan racing ever being part of AFT's program? I'm talking riders on good equipment, Joe Cop, Andy DeBrino, not the let's drink beer and crash our sportsers <laughs> into the wall type. Um, I don't know. I mean, we just talked about the three classes we have, and I don't think we need to have anything anything more than like a, a race, you know, a race here and there. I mean, it's cool when the hooligan guys come out and do Daytona, and, you know, last year Pastrana did it, and that was hilarious by the way watching him on that fucking two strip <laughs> i was loving it um yeah yeah he so stuff like that like novelty stuff's cool i'd rather have the hooligans all day than like the astro cup i think the hooligans is uh, i'm a big hooligan fan but no i, I don't ever see it being a part of aft's program i think what roland sands is doing with the super hooligan class and how he's growing that and um, it's kind of getting almost too competitive as it is. Like, yeah. I mean, you look at the Debrino's bike; it's almost not. It's almost not fair. I mean, that thing is yeah, like you could race that thing in the production twins. Right. Class. I mean, like he's within the rules. Uh, he's just you know doing a really good job at building his motorcycle, and you know these other guys are you know riding essentially stock bikes. So yeah, I I don't think it'll be ever ever be a part of AFT's program, but I know. I know they draw in a crowd, so yeah. And AFT is all about drawing in a crowd, so it w- it wouldn't put it, put it past me. Yeah, I think I think it's gotten too serious myself. I think it was way cooler when it was the, when it was the Crashers. drink beer and crash your yeah. sportsman in the wall for Hell fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, things evolve, and I don't know. Just just for example, like Supermoto, when Supermoto came to the U.S. was big early two thousands. Like it was really cool because you'd have McGrath uh cop i was you thinking know, you, you'd have thing. you'd have guys from so many different disciplines that didn't have to train for supermoto exactly yeah. yeah and then it evolved into its own thing then you had supermoto specialists, specialists. like mark burkhart came around yeah and so and it I, i'm not gonna say that's what ruined it there was a lot of other things that that was kind of the downfall well, just for get, that. everything gets serious after yeah. time like, but i mean if you want to race professional flat track you know and you want to race a big twin I don't know. I mean, there's something better than, you know, a four, four, five hundred pound sportster, right? Man, I, mean, I have a pretty funny story actually. <laughs> like when I was, pre- I was like a, a young pro, it was like 2009, 2010. I was at this race in Ohio, and it was like the most backwoods race I've ever been to in my life. It was in Ironton, Ohio, which is like Kentucky, basically. And like I'd never seen Harley's race like on a track, like street bikes. That was like unheard of back then, like for me at least. And uh, we're sitting there at intermission, and it was like raining. It was a clay track, so the track was like you could barely even walk on it. And the and the announcer asked the the anyone in the crowd if they wanted to ride their their Harleys on the track while we waited for it, I guess to dry so the bikes could race on it. And you had like there's like eight guys out there on these fat boys, road kings. And they were wicking it up, and then like, dude, this dude high sided so bad on his fat boy, <laughs> got hurt. He had like a three hour delay. Oh, it was chaos. But 
yeah, just that was that's that's hooligan that, shit. Yeah, there. that's that's what we want to see. Just the, I mean, I don't want to see the guy get hurt. That, no. was, that was bad. He was okay then. He came too, but yeah. fuck, dude, it was yeah. it was wild just seeing these dudes out there with ape hangers just <laughs> getting it. And I was like, all right, this is what, I don't need to see anything else. Like I'm good. Yeah, that's hooligan racing to me. I, I remember. I mean, obviously I'm an East Coast guy. I was have never been there, but I remember seeing in Cycle News at uh, Costa Mesa. Oh yeah, yeah they'd have the big started. speedway races. And their hooligan class was guys on their choppers, their full baggers. Yeah. Just they rode it, they rode it there and they raced it. You know, that was yeah. the original hooligan. We don't want to see custom bikes and yeah, shit. We wanna that's... see we wanna see like street bikes. Yeah, like, maybe they to need the to change that rule. You need to ride it to the you need to ride it to the track, Ooh. race it, and yep. then ride it home. Ride it home. I don't I like know. I, the, uh, no disrespect to the hooligan thing. I think it's really cool. It's it's brought a lot of attention to the sport in general, yeah. I think. Oh yeah. But I don't know. I almost feel like they need to be careful and not let it get too, too serious. serious. Yeah. Put money up for grabs. Man. I know. Put money up, dude. I, whew, things yeah. get serious. Giving you away. Th- you throw 50 bucks in. Dude, yeah. And yeah. It, you know, so yeah. um, this is a question that, you know, I think it's pretty interesting. Um, can we talk about tire gate from a competitor's perspective? Seems like that whole deal gets swept under the rug. I'm guessing Tiregate refers to Jared Meese's tire deal. That's my guess. Um, that it, Jake, can we talk yeah. about Tiregate? I guess. I can don't touch upon it. I don't really know anything about. I mean, I know obviously what happened, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, he, yeah, I, I've talked to Jared about it. I've, you know, I've got my opinion. I've, got his opinion and what happened. I don't know. There's so many things like, yeah, Jared and Tolbert could have been sauce tires and oh, got busted. Hey, whatever. Or, you know, there's, there's so many places that our tires go before they're in our hands that they could have been contaminated or, you know, you're just working on the bike on the lift and you have a fuel leak or spray a bunch of brake clean. Like there's so many things that can contaminate a tire. Um, I don't know what the chemicals were that, that he got busted for. Um, but you know, I know Jared pretty well and he's, you know, he's swore on his life that he, he didn't do anything. And I believe him. Yeah, I believe him. Um, but yeah, there's just a lot of things that can go wrong. I mean, you know, you pick something up. I mean, it sounds far fetched, but you could pick something up off the track. You could pick something up in the pits. Yeah. You know, something leak in the truck. You know, there's a lot of things that can happen. Um, I mean, I've talked about it before, and I don't know. I guess my opinion is different from other riders, but I've I've doped tires before, like at local oh, yeah. races and stuff. I mean, when I was turning pro, um, my dad and us, we didn't do it too much because we weren't we didn't really know much about it, but. As I started doing local races, you know, getting older, I've tried doping tires and maybe I just wasn't good at it, but I didn't see a, a major difference that made the risk for reward worth it. Um, you must not have been doing it right. Then I wasn't doing it right. Cause yeah, I, I didn't see a big difference. The only thing I saw was when I was doing it was they lasted longer and they didn't get like quite as hot or whatever, but I didn't see a major, you know, dip in lap times or anything than that but yeah. you know it's there was a time and a place for it certain certain yeah. surfaces it, it benefited but i just a lot one other thing i want to talk about the tire gate it's kind of funny when that whole deal happened on facebook and i won't name any names but i see people on facebook who were hammering um hammering me hammering tolbert who i've i i know for a fact they do things 
to cheat or push the rules too. But they're ha- like, it's just the, the the pot calling the kettle black. Like everybody, you know, everybody has their own little things they do. I wouldn't call it cheating, but that's cheating. But you know, like Joe Cobb putting the water in his tire at the Beulah Park race or whatever it was, or no, whatever. That was day. That was day. Well, okay, Daytona, so Daytona, right? It popped and he got busted. He on got it. well. Did he? It, well, I wouldn't even call it getting well, busted. Well, he didn't get busted, it, it but a new rule was yeah, put in place so like, because of that. There's always things you're trying to do, um, and there's guys like I think it was Warner who was hammering Meese. They call call Warner Big Boar Bill for a reason, <laughs> and he's on there hammering yeah. Jared about the tire. It's like man, um, but. Yeah, I don't know. There's not too yeah. much more to say about it because we, yeah. we don't know much about it either. I mean, we, we know as much as what the fans hear and see on the social media s- s- standpoint. And yeah. and Jared didn't win all of his races and all of his championships because he was cheating. Uh, Jared's yeah. a phenomenal rider. So Well, one, um, one of my old tuners, Travis Smith, he, he's been around a long time, and he told me a long time ago, there's cheaters and there's losers. So... In this game, you're, you know, like you said, you're, you're pushing the limits, yep. whatever you can. And, you know, as far as it getting swept under the rug, I mean, he got DQ'd and points were lost, money was yeah. lost. So there, there was another situation, what, a couple years prior? Yeah. Maybe that's what the, uh, yeah, we can go on for days, but yeah, yeah there's some samples are lost, but yeah, we'll just, we won't even get into that. But I think the fans see what they want to see or what they want to hear yeah, too, because it, yeah. it happens to other people. Yeah. Like I think Interbitson last year had a tire that was do or whatever, dope yeah. free, that didn't pass whatever. Yeah. And, and we're box not, you know, he's not the kind of guy to cheat or, right. you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's, well, it goes working, back but. to even when Dalton Gauthier got, you know, got in trouble for, for smoke, for, you know, marijuana in the system. Everyone hammered him for that. But like, there's about eight other guys that have been caught also that no one even knew about. Yeah. It um, all depends who you are depends and if who you're you in are, the how the situation and, is yeah. and things like that. But yeah, that was a good question. Um, yeah, I just wish we had more to tell y'all. Yeah. <laughs> um, Another question was, uh, what do you guys do in the off season to stay in shape? I'll let you take this one, Corey. <laughs> uh, well, it just depends, I guess. I mean, I don't know. Every once in a while, I'll go out and I'll skateboard. I'll ride my roll. I'll rollerblade around. You know, we play uh, basketball in the living room. Me and Cruz. Um, me and Jake. Twelve ounce curls. Um, <laughs> Nah, there's a lot. There's a lot um, I like to do. I mean, I'm I enjoy cycling, road biking, and running and things like that. During the winter, I I do um, a little bit more weight training and things like that. I'm not I'm not bench pressing like you know 800 pounds, but I like to try and get a little bit stronger in in the winter and just things like that. Jake Jake obviously rides a lot of moto and and rides and um, that's, that's something. I'm getting ready to head to Florida, so I'll do a lot of riding down there with you know Briar and Meese and Shana and uh, all those guys. So I'm excited for that, but it just depends. Every rider is different for me. You know, I think I've said it before. The training aspect for me has helped me a lot in my career. I don't have, you know, even close to the natural talent that Jake has, but you know, for me training, it it just makes me feel like I'm more prepared and ready. And it's, it's helped me a lot from a mental standpoint than, than anything else. Yeah. And I'm, everybody says it about everything. I mean, it's 90% mental and, the older I get, the more that I see that. I mean, the older you get, physically things change and you need to work a little harder. But really, it, it is all mental. I mean, if, if that's what you feel you need to do is be in the gym every day or, you know, or just out riding your motorbike or whatever, it's 
everybody's different, whatever, yeah. whatever works for you. So, yeah. Yep. So we did that. I, I did do the 580 mile bicycle ride this year. We, we did that to raise money for uh, injured riders. And that was cool. I wouldn't say that's like training for a yeah. uh, flat track. Cause that's a little, well, excessive. you guys kind of offset the the training every night didn't you yeah yeah we yeah we we put down a couple (laughs) cases of claw on that trip but um which sucks trying to ride a bicycle 115 miles hungover carter can attest to that he was uh along for the ride so (laughs) we had some rough mornings but now yes it just depends who you are and and what what works best for you as a rider and and things like that i i have been talking to jared meese he uh I, I told him I want to get down to Florida and put his ass in the pain cave um, just because he just thinks he's so cool with his training and everything. And I just, I don't know. I don't think he's, just, I don't think he's as strong as he says he is, but uh, we'll see. Um, <laughs> what do you, what do uh, pros actually think of the hooligans? Well, we talked about that, so we won't get back into the hooligans. And what are your thoughts on an amateur race at the coin mile? Uh, I saw they were having an amateur race at the coin mile. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, if I was a promoter, I wouldn't want to promote that race just because yeah. the coin is in the middle of nowhere. And the last time we had a race there, I know it was like 4th of July or something, but, um, we had no fans show up. And then when we had the, the coin indoor there, it was in 2011, it was an indoor, um, no fans showed up. So, yeah. uh, hopefully the fans support that race. Uh, it's good that, you it's know, one of the best tracks in the country. Yeah, that's what they say. I never, mm-hmm. I rode there once, and, or I'm sorry, I rode there twice as an amateur and once as a pro. When we rode there as a pro, it's kind of sucked. I didn't like it. But when it's good, I've, I mean, I've been around the sport my whole life. I've been there as a, as a, as a young, young, young whippersnapper. <laughs> uh, when the Camel Pros were racing there, and the track was dope. So, um, yeah, that's cool, man. I, uh, I think Jeff hires maybe yeah. hires is the guy that's putting it on. So good that's uh i think for amateurs to run a mile prior to turning pro is good it's good experience but yeah. have somebody there have a pro there to give them guys the uh you know the the uncle we used to call it the uncle steve moorhead talk or the uncle chris Carr talk they would gather the riders up before like springfield mile and um who've never ridden a mile and and kind of talk to them about the draft and things like that because mile racing's no joke so to have anyone out there just going 130 on a mile 120 whatever it is um it's kind of sketchy so yeah yeah i mean uh, yeah it should be a good good fun thing i mean a couple years ago well it's probably been five ten years ago by now they had that big amateur race at ducoin remember it was like ten thousand dollars to win all amateur oh yeah race. shana did it yep uh was it vanderker i think won yeah, Steve Vanneker won, yeah. And if it was going to be a disaster, it would have been then. Yeah. Because I, I thought, I don't know who put that on or what that was all about, but throwing up 10,000 winner, winner take all for a bunch of 14, 15-year-old kids. Um, yeah, it was stacked. That, yeah, that was a little bit risky. Yeah, I think um, Shea got third or fourth, but I remember Vanneker won, and the track got really rough, I guess, that day. And um, Vanneker, yeah, he's a, he's a good rider, but yeah, that's... That's a good point, Jake. Win, like right. it's it's cool to see something at DuCoin back. Ten K to win. Like right. it's in the middle of nowhere, but it's probably one of the coolest tracks that I've ridden. So if uh, I won ten thousand dollars as an amateur and I got to keep all of it, <laughs> good lord! Imagine all the Pokemon cards I would have had. Jeez. So many. Uh, yeah, we got a few more questions. Actually, this is we'll call it the Darren Carter 
segment. Darren Carter segment. Because yeah. he, he asked all these, and they're pretty they're pretty good. So we'll, we'll actually answer all of them. Wow. Um, for Jake, out of all the twins you've rode, what were the pluses and minuses of each? Hmm. Wow. Maybe uh, shorten this one up because yeah. you've ridden fucking everything. So started uh, started my pro career, I guess, on an XR. And obviously everybody knows the advantages of those. I mean, it was the only bike at the time. It was, you know... <laughs> One of the greatest flat track motorcycle motorcycles of all time, um, purpose built. One of the greatest. Yeah. I, the well, I mean, it's the greatest. I mean, Indian, I think right now has surpassed that. Not not surpassed the total records or tallies, but as of right now, they obviously the Indian is better. Oh, uh, well, okay. But records, history, I mean, nothing has won more than an XR750. No. Uh, minuses. Uh, every time you put the starter in the side of it, it was like pulling a pin on a grenade and you just try to get it back in before it would blow up. Yeah. They used to say every mile you rode an XR 750, it was a thousand dollars in parts yeah. to rebuild it. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know the, I don't know the numbers, but something like but, that. But I mean, but what we were doing with those things at that time and up till recent years, they were never meant to turn those types of RPMs to do what they do it's just it was amazing you know it's an amazing bike to to what it could do for what it was i mean an old push rod motor i always called him an old you know briggs and stratton or john deere or something you know it's just such a simple simple prehistoric thing but it got the job done um so after that i moved on to suzuki uh riding the 1000s and those bikes were fun to ride i mean it, pluses it was the fastest thing on the track in a straight line uh, the minuses is it really didn't want to go through the corner that well, or, or, you know, hook up or grab the ground when, when you're trying to come off the corner. Uh, but it was a fun bike to ride and had a little bit of success on it. Um, and where did I go after that? Uh, back Great. to Harley's. Ducati. Yeah. Rode a Cowie a little bit. Cowies are good. I mean, there's obviously still a threat in the production class now. Um, uh, Ducati, uh, kind of similar to the, the Suzuki, um, fastest thing on the track in the straight line. So w whatever you lacked in the corner, you made up for on the straightaway. So, uh, you know, a pretty decent mile bike. Um, honestly, that's one thing that kind of bums me out. I mean, I've obviously won on an XR, you know, had podiums, um, had some podiums on the Suzuki, never won, had, some podiums on a Kawasaki. Never podiumed on a Ducati. Was fourth. Was fourth like a bunch of times. Really? I, thought you, I could have sworn you podiumed Ducati at one of the Mega Miles or something like that. No, no, I that was on a Cowie. Mm. I I broke both Ducatis in heat race and then semi and then had to take a provisional and jumped on the Cowie. So that was the first time I'd raced a Cowie and ended up third. Um, but yes, you know, the same thing. I mean, when that thing's that fast, that much horsepower, that much torque, it was just hard to get hooked up. Um, then moving on. Yamaha twin Indian, right? Uh, XG. 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 Uh, obviously, that thing's come a long way. They're still developing, still trying to figure that thing out. But um, yeah, I mean, that was that was just a tough year for me. Um, you know, first year as a factory Harley rider, had big expectations and... It was still kind of too early. Uh, had a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of mechanical failures. You know, it's, you know, like I said, like way early in the development stages. So, had a lot of mechanical failures. Um, 
you know, podium Buffalo chip that year. Uh, so, you know, it's, that, that was a tough one. Um, but yeah, then to Yamaha, uh, yeah, same, same thing. Had a little success, obviously on the TTs and podiums, things like that. But, uh, this past season, obviously mechanicals and just struggles and, and, uh, yeah, just wasn't, wasn't a good year. Um, just, just never really gelled that well with the Yamaha. I don't know why. Um, but you know, then, uh, got to ride an Indian a little bit last year. Uh, well, two years ago, 18. And I mean, the positives speak for themselves. I mean, they've won 95% of the races the last two, three seasons. So, uh, negatives, I don't know. I mean, just if I'm going to nitpick, I mean, it's kind of a big, wide kind of bike. I, I mean, there are some things that I would change maybe, but, uh, but it's working. So, you know, there, there's not too many negatives to it. Um, yeah. So I'll be on an Indian this year. So hopefully it's all positive. There you go. Jake's ridden them all. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I haven't ridden was a triumph. I think I've ridden and a the, KTM. I've ridden the triumph and the KTM. I've ridden the Ducati too. Yeah. I've ridden the Indian, the XG, the XR. Damn, I'm a slut. I've ridden it, I've yeah. ridden it all. <laughs> I think what I haven't ridden. I know there's something I haven't rode. Ducati, Triumph. Shit, I don't know. Yeah, you've ridden them Suzuki. all. Suzuki. Suzuki. Never rode a Never Suzuki. Never rode a Suzuki. Nah. Yeah. Huh. I have to, have to find one of them later. <laughs> um, since you both were on Yamahas last year, who is the better Yamaha rider? Um, well, it's no secret that obviously on the TTs, um, we didn't run TTs, but on the TTs, Jake would have obviously been better than me. Jake's a hell of a TT rider and a lot of the half miles and stuff, even some of the miles, I remember, uh, I think Lexington and stuff, you were going really well. And, uh, there's a lot of tracks where I, I would kind of compare my times to Jake and JD just to see where I would be in the super twins. But I think it was like a toss up. It just depend what track and, yeah. and things like that. Um, well, here's the, here's the deciding factor. Atlanta last year was technically a short track, right? <laughs> yeah. So you raced the tw- big twins class. Yeah, that's right. I remember we battled in the main event. Who <laughs> beat? Who finished ahead of who? That's the deciding factor right there. I don't even remember. It was for like you beat 13th me. and 14th. Yeah, you finished one spot ahead of me. Oh, okay. Well, I was gonna not. I was gonna say you because I mean, I I, I did not, I, not gel with that thing I, whatsoever. I passed but. you in this semi, and I was I was feeling good. I was like, I'm. I just passed two time champ Jake. We're going to the front in this main event. <laughs> I remember Matt Weaven's dad saying, "Dude, you got like you could probably get like a a good top ten finish in this main, maybe top five. I come back in, I got like 16th. <laughs> uh, he's like, you didn't quite get what I thought you'd finish. I'm like, no, nah, dude, that was not a good race. Uh, no, nah, it just depends. I mean, our bikes are significantly different too. I mean, Jake, Jake was on a way different frame. And, um, so just some tracks I felt really, really good on my Yamaha. Um, even in the super twins class, like Paris, I think, and Williams Grove, I think my times would have put me right around the top five, honestly. But then there were some tracks like I, Lexington, I think it was, and some other race tra- race tracks where my times were significantly off of Jake's lap time. So it just depends, and it's hard to kind of compare that too because lo- the the track conditions change so much yeah. between classes. You know, I'm the first class out. Jake was the last class out. So sometimes the track's better for me when it's not as rough or whatever and it has more moisture in it sometimes it's better for jake when it would get a good abrasive groove or things like that so um 
Jake's the man. I, I'll never compare myself to Jake. So, um, but I, yeah, I, my bike's pretty damn good and I, I was happy with it. So, um, I know Jake had some off days on his bike, but yeah. it's just, uh, it's, uh, we've, we've discussed that in previous episodes, but, uh, <laughs> back to Jake, what beer are you cracking in the background of these podcasts? Um, a little well, bit of everything tonight's um, yeah we drink it all tonight i got got some local stuff lancaster brewing lancaster company. brewing company lancaster, lancaster lager, lager. Uh, on, here you go there you go so yeah I'm, I'm not picky it's uh it's usually miller light well we were on land sharks early it's you it's, it's it's a lot of time it's land shark yeah. i'm a land shark guy um whatever's cold I'm then good. well we you didn't you weren't a white claw fan i had white claws uh, the one night yeah, no, jake no, shows no. up he's like eh. i told myself i would never ever drink a white claw but that's all you had and i, I yeah we had to get through the show and <sighs> made it work but white claw yeah um it's a little bit of everything there i'll tell you some shit we won't drink it's um hmm Pretty much nothing, right? <laughs> I think we're pretty much yeah, drinking anything. If it's cold, I'm good. I'm a little under the yeah. weather this week, and I'm leaving tomorrow for Florida, so I'm actually drinking orange juice right now. <laughs> Slacker. A um, couple more questions here, Darren Carter, and then we'll call uh, our first our, our first guest, oh. our only guest. Um, can, I, can I read this one? Go ahead. So this one, Corey. At what age? <laughs> this is a good one. At what age did you realize that Shayna was better at flat track than you? <laughs> um, at what age did I realize Shayna was better? Well, fuck. Um, I think I realized that Shayna was good at flat track. <laughs> it was like 2004. She jumped on. She bought an 80. We we had an eighty four. She was do, doing good on that, but who cares? Like anybody can ride a mini bike fast. Then my dad got her one twenty five. She started winning races on that. Month later, he got her a two fifty. She started winning on that. Month later, she rode my four fifty. Won on that. So then by the end of the year, she was riding an eighty, one twenty five, two fifty, and four fifty all on the same day, at like. TTs, short tracks, half miles, and she was pretty much winning every race. So there was a point in time when Shayna could actually kick some major ass on TTs. Um, but yeah, that was kind of when I realized she was fast when she started moving up to the big bikes because that's when you kind of see what these kids can do. I mean, everybody's a mini bike hero, um, but she, I was like, damn, she's she's actually pretty fast. <laughs> and she was <laughs> battling with guys like Jeffrey Carver and Brad Baker and JD Beach. Um, these guys are accomplished amateur racers and, and she was, you know, beating them. But at what point did she, I realize she was better than me Fuck. I mean, that's debatable, right? I mean, I don't know. I don't think she's better. I'm not getting in the middle of that. Yeah. One. I mean, it depends, I guess, what bike and what track we're on. But I, I think I, I mean, I chased her out of the production class where she even got in it this year, I think. So, <laughs> uh, all right. So moving on, we'll, we'll, we'll cut that one. We'll just leave, we'll leave that one open. That hurts. We'll, we'll have to have Shane on one day and ask her. Yeah. Um, can't afford her the money to show up for the show. <laughs> <laughs> so if you had the opportunity to, to go super twins racing, uh, would you, or would you stick with the production class? This is a good question. My heart is in the super twins just because I want to race the fastest guys. I've always been like that. You know, people want to make fun of me, call me a cherry picker. Cause when I rode the singles class, um, but like my first go around when I turned pro, I rode, I started racing. I rode amateur in 2004, 
local expert in 2005, pro sport in 06. I jumped to the expert singles, GNC level in 07. I went GNC in 08. So, like, I moved each year, I moved up in class. Like, a lot of people want to hang around and see what they can do. Like, I, I see it a lot in the kids. Like, they, they just missed the Horizon Award. They're 16. They could go pro. They're like, oh, I'm going to try and go for the Horizon Award again. You know, it's just that mindset. Everybody wants to see what they can do staying in a class that they just were in or whatever. But I've always wanted to race the fastest guys. And not only because I like that challenge, but I trust those guys more than the guys that I race with. I, I like racing with Jake and, and Briar and um, Meese and, you know, Cool Beth was one I loved riding with. But where I'm at right now with my program and the way it's set up, my team and everything that I have going on right now, I, 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 I'm really happy with production. I mean, I'd have to I'd have to win in Super Twins um, for it to make sense for me to leave yeah. production with with how things are set up for me this year. So, yeah, no, I I, I can everybody come to to production? Like, <laughs> I'm just happy with my team. Like, I have a really competitive team in in production twins, you know, and um, going to Super Twins, it would, you know, it I just don't think I could get on a team or in a program that would make me happy where I would want to be. So. Um, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. I do. I mean, I, I'd, I'd love to do, it's still on the table, possibly doing some, some TTs this year. Jake might've just swiped up on my wild cards, but all the wild card spots for the TTs, <laughs> but I'd, I'd like to, uh, to do some of the TTs, but that's something we're still kind of, uh, discussing here. Uh, last question with Shana going back to KTM, whatever happened to KTM's plan to start twins racing? Man, I wish I knew it kind of, it's kind of been pretty quiet. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk early on that, uh, when KTM got involved with Shana four fifties that they were going to be in the twins class in a couple years and we haven't seen anything yet. So, um, hopefully, hopefully they're still working on something in the behind the scenes and, you know, it'd be good to see them, uh, you know, have a twin on the track. I mean, KTM is, kind of taken over the motorcycle world the last couple of years at supercross motocross and obviously I have a great 450 for flat track so um yeah i'd really like to see what they could do doing the in a twins with a twin and a twins class and see see what i think got. if ktm came up with a race built engine like the ftr like a purpose-built designed engine for flat track i think they'd it'd be tough to beat yeah with with the with the engineers they have at ktm and the designers and things like that how well they build their motocross bikes i mean ktm doesn't they don't like yamaha honda they build they make generators they make freaking scooters weed whackers you know ktm builds race motorcycles yeah. that's what they specialize in that's why they're so successful i think yeah. because all their focus is on one and they have their eggs in one basket so yeah. if they decided to do flat track they're not going to have they don't they're not going to half-ass it and they want to make sure that they're they're going to come in and be competitive because that's kind of how their brand is per portrayed so i don't know much about it otherwise Shayna doesn't tell me much about uh goes on in, in her uh race stable um but yeah, it'd be cool. I, I hope it's not a production-based factory KTM bike because that'd be well. I, I mean, it'd be cool, I guess. Yeah, either way. It'd be either way, but it would be cool to see them, you know, come out with a full-on racer. Race engine would be pretty, pretty damn. Cool. It'd be pretty cool, but if it isn't a hundred grand, 
to yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's it's yeah, they got to decide whether it's it's worth to do that or not. Um, well, just to see where the direction of the sport's yeah, going too. Yeah. I mean, if you know, the FTR came in and it looked like that was going to open the doors again, but now it's kind of like no one has followed suit with the FTR and we have all these production-based bikes and the FTRs are they made a special class for them it seems like right now in the Super Twins class. So, um where is the direction of the sport going to go in 5 years? And I think that's the question that we all struggle with as riders, as potential sponsors, like, am I going to get involved and build this super twins team based around two Indians, or are they going to take that class away in three years and just have the production twins? That's why like a team investing, it's very easy to get involved in the singles class. Cause that yeah, seems like a long-term plan. Yeah. Whereas these twins, these, this twins program, you just, you can't kick all these Indians out, but like, they're all basically racing themselves. Like we have a spec super twins class with Indians essentially. So I don't know, we could get into that a whole nother deal, but, um, yeah, KTM, that would be cool, but yeah, Yeah, I don't think they're close. I I think they got, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a another two, two, three years before we see something. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of good questions, man. Uh, we probably have more that we could have answered. We just keep sending them our way. We'll try and dial them in as best we can. Let's call our guest, Chris Carter. Can you call Mr. Colindres? Let's see what he has to say. You know I can. Stand by. Hello? Dominic Colindres, Corey Texter here, Jake Johnson. What's up, man? How are you? Hey, guys. How are you doing? I'm uh, I'm hanging in there, hanging in there. Good to have you on the show. It's uh, been a while since we heard from, from old Dom. Just wanted to call, check in, kind of see what you've been up to, kind of get your take on a little bit of your past and uh, kind of what's going on in the in the sport right now. But when I think, uh, you know, back back a few years, uh, like kind of when you first bursted on the scene, I mean, man, it was it was definitely you were definitely one of the guys that you didn't want to see in your heat race at a <laughs> at a TT or a short track or something because you knew that uh, you know you were going to be fast and and you know, going to be in the hunt. It was just, just, you know, another guy to throw in the mix and, uh, kind of going back a little bit. I mean, do you have a little bit more of a motocross background or, um, did you kind of grow up racing flat track or, you know, how'd that, uh, how'd that kind of all come about? Um, I'm from the city, like, like, like balls deep in San Francisco. And I just kind of had no flat track to, uh, to practice on, like, uh, Lodi was close, but I mean, I never wanted to get into like the club or whatever because because all the politics and that. So I just raced during the summer on the weekends there. Uh, never hit anything, any any other races like a lot of the other kids did. Um, I, I, my first love is is trail riding, and uh, and hill climbing. I did a few hill climbs once I got into the big bikes, but everything kind of died out once I got uh kind of serious in the flat track once I kind of 250s I realized I was gonna I was gonna put everything into into one kind of category in the sport instead of um the, I dropped a supermoto because of it still hit the trails and tracks during the week um just to kind of um keep the endurance up uh for flat track but yeah it was it was mainly trail riding and uh in flat track here and there, I got a couple of rides for Supermoto on like the 150s and 80s. 
but um the supermoto thing got uh it kind of died out real quick and yeah. it was really expensive for for my family well how the hell did you get in the flat track i mean and you're a city boy and you're in san francisco <laughs> like how did you find yourself over to lodi i mean uh did you see it on tv or like where did where'd that all come from uh my dad he was a road racer um <laughs> He was, he was kind of like one of the top locals. I don't think it ever went really pro-pro, but um, he was more on the mechanic side of stuff. He runs for Eddie Lawson one, one year at Daytona, the year uh, he won he won that race. Oh, My wow. dad kind of got to go around uh, Daytona and the new Acura deal they had going because he won or whatever. But um, so he, he, was, he was more into road race, but... Uh, I don't. I don't know. You never got me into that. Besides, when I try to one twenty five, it's too expensive. But, uh, <laughs> he, yeah, he, he took me to Lodi and uh, he asked me if I wanted to do it, and I said, "Yeah, yeah." That's pretty much what. You get started. sucked in. You never leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was kind of more. Um, besides the trail riding, it was kind of more chill to do the the flat track to me instead of midday supermoto and heat race races and stuff like that he uh he, he did a little bit of flat track back in the day too but he's mainly road racer yeah yeah that's cool i mean obviously you said lodi i mean that's probably where you spent a lot of your time racing as a kid i would imagine right i mean um you know northern california lodi I, I never got, never actually raced there. I've, I've went uh, and watched a couple of times, like the night before um, Sacramento. Yep. And uh, man, there's there's always some battles at, at Lodi. Um, you know, growing up as a kid, I mean, was there was there somebody that uh, you know you always battled with week in and week out at, at uh, you know Lodi, like um, somebody you know, a big rival or something that, that you raced, uh, had a race every weekend, you know, as an amateur there? Um, I'd say definitely Mikey. He was kind of a um, a bike ahead of me at most times. Intervention um, or Rush? Uh, Martin, uh, probably, right? Martin. Yeah, yeah, three of them. Martin. <laughs> yeah, Mikey Martin. He was kind of a bike ahead of me, but when he would be on his, one of his last years on, say, a 250, that would be my first year or two online um but he taught me he taught me a lot at lodi so he he was probably one of my better rivals a few negative ones but um <laughs> other ones like like um monaco we we raced each other um yeah for that mainly mikey i mean he was never afraid to uh to give me any of the special tips or or anything like that never afraid to help me out uh traveling wise or, or stuff like that yeah i mean i think my i've i've actually i've gotten the race lodi a couple times and i think that's the first time i've ever met you i don't think you were a pro yet but you were running the pro class night before the mile and lodi's cool man um it's just it's so much history at from lodi that tracks one of the most famous local racetracks in the country i think yeah. as far as notoriety or whatever like i mean Chris Carr, Doug Chandler, Kenny Roberts, right? I mean, so many people yeah. have raced at Lodi. And it's funny, when you pull into the pits, 
it, it you get contact high from rolling <laughs> into the track like like there's a, you could probably buy weed on the side of the road like on the side of the road rolling into the racetrack and you pull in it's all these back like guys that literally walk around with their shoes off it's like their home yeah it's kind of like going to piston poppers i was gonna say here, it's right? like piston poppers a little bit but <laughs> that's the first time i ever met you and you've always been really really fast at lodi and and then obviously that transferred over to when you turned pro turned pro and you were very very successful in your early professional years but how was that transition you know an amateur kid growing up northern california how was the transition from amateur to pro yeah i mean that race that you you met me at that race alone taught me a lot um 250s and kind of first year 450 i was always kind of a clean rider and uh yeah, a lot of people probably heard that and were like, what? But I was really clean. Um, I was really clean, never never pushed anyone. But, yeah, I was leading that heat race at the night before the mile, and Sammy just came in and blasted me. Blasted <laughs> I remember that Yeah, I was leading that heat race at the night before the mile, and Sammy just came in and blasted me. Blasted <laughs> I remember that <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I, was, I think I came over to you, and I, I was like, "Dude, that's that's every lap at this at this level, man." <laughs> yeah, I was surprised. I was like, "Man, that was for a heat race," and, uh, <laughs> and it ended up costing us both. And you won, and uh, yeah, that's right. But yeah, uh, I talked to you the next day, even at SAC mile two. Yeah, but um, I kind of realized you gotta make it happen, and uh, not gonna go home saying i could have beat that guy so that's it's kind of where i learned that but um it was rough my uh my pro stuff besides the tts is mainly what kind of uh taught me how to ride with these guys otherwise i never really had a chance castle rock my first race i got like a six didn't even make calistoga or pomona and then uh, my fourth race at springfield tt got a podium so i was just I was wondering what I could do to to hang with these guys on anything but a TT. Um, (laughs) There's nothing in between that and then another, my first win at Peoria that that same year. So it it was rough. I I could never hang with these guys on short tracks and half miles. Right. But um, with the TTs and miles, I was pretty decent at. And uh, it it taught me how to ride with with these guys and kind of made me feel that I belonged there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, I I know when you when you turned expert, and uh, you know I would see you in my heat race or or something at, uh, you know, a TT or or a short track or something. Like you, you never knew. I mean, you knew you were going to be fast, and uh, like you said, I mean, you came from the school of hard knocks, a Lodi. So uh, you know, you knew you were you were aggressive, and and you know, if you were breathing down somebody's neck, you're going to make something happen. So, um, yeah, it was definitely, uh, definitely cool to see, but, uh, you know, looking, looking now, just like, uh, I mean, do you still, still kind of follow the sport a little bit? I mean, watch, watch all the races and kind of, kind of see what's going on. Oh yeah, I definitely, I definitely follow it. I don't really, um, I don't even have much of an idea what's going on with all the rules and stuff, but yeah, neither do I'm we. In, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know. Um, I know there was a couple wacky ones when I was when I was there that had me scratching my head, but um, a couple of these new ones, um, I don't know how how the top guys are are feeling about them, but I'm kind of scratching my head at that too. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, we could we could have a three hour show <laughs> talking about about the roles for sure. Yeah. No. I mean, yeah. It's there's a lot to go over and a lot to talk about as far as the uh, the way things are. And you know, you you turned pro in a kind of a transition area. Um, it wasn't completely dead when you turned pro, but things are a lot different now than from when you you know, last raced in the series. And I kind of wanted to touch upon that. I mean, a lot of the fans know, and we haven't heard from you in a while. And you had your crash at Peoria that, you know, you got injured at Peoria. And man, I, I can't even imagine what it's been like for you to try and adapt to life since that crash. Let's let's talk about that a little bit. I, I don't know if you've ever talked about it or things like that, but how'd that all play out? And uh, how, what was what was it like right, right after that crash, trying to uh, adjust to life the way things are? Man, I mean, I've never had anyone uh, who's in this condition tell me of a story that's that's been this severe. I've kind of slowly learned about it. And then just since that, was um just infections and um this intense burning and pain when i finally got home from the rehab facility that was the day that uh of santa rosa and um i lost the girl i was currently talking to that day and um that that hit me hard just getting home we were supposed to she was supposed to stay here um and yeah, the same the same sport um, unfortunately claimed her. But I mean, yeah, nothing has been kind of the same as far as uh, what I do. Like, if you think about it, we're um, motorcycle racers working on bikes during the week, riding at least once a week and racing every single weekend. And it hasn't really been the same since then. And uh, just dealing with medical stuff, even to this day, I mean, this this last thing, uh, it, it was it was a glimpse of, of of hope for this intense burning and tingling pain I have, was to get um, a neuropathic stimulator put in my back, and I got approved for it by the doctor. Waited another month, got approved for it by my insurance, and then the the people at the doctor's office schedule it to a hospital that doesn't accept my insurance. Oh my goodness! So, so the whole process is restarted now. I have to find a new doctor who will do it at the right hospital. I have to have the insurance approve it for that, or approve the whole procedure again. So uh, it, it's been rough to say it, it's not depressing it would be a lie, but there's plenty of things to look forward to. I mean, um, once I could deal with this pain a little bit, um, Motion Pros has been like a family to me. They. Uh, they offered me um, a job multiple times there since uh, I was working there before I got hurt. And um, I still got close family and friends that are here and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, I was I was just going to ask you, I was, you know, what like what do you do to keep busy during the week and and would you want to get back involved with the sport um, at a at a higher level, um, even as like a mentor or um, you know, help help kids in the area that want to get in the sport or anything like that. Riding schools, we could do like how to how to how to stuff someone perfect on an indoor. A <laughs> um, lot, lot of, I mean, you have a lot, a lot of valuable insight and a lot of valuable things that you know you can offer the sport. So um, I just didn't know if that's something where you're looking forward to possibly getting involved with in the future. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, it's crossed my mind a couple times before, like, you know, multiple factors of when I'm ready, um, when I feel uh, I'm ready to pass what I know to another rider or a kid. And, but yeah, definitely it's crossed my mind before to, to get back involved just so I mean, also help um, people not forget and stuff. I definitely feel like I have a lot of useful information, uh, both bike setup, my dad taught me and just how to, how to go out there and kind of get the job done as far as being aggressive and, and knowing when to throw it in and when not to, because I feel like I've been pretty good about that. Um, I've, I've, I've got some heat for dirty riding over the years, but um, <laughs> we, we all have really, it one time or another. <laughs> yeah. I've never really bonsai myself. I've never crashed trying to stuff someone else or something like that. It's all been decent. It's been very organized. Yeah. <laughs> well, well thought yeah. out. A lot of laps around Lodi. But I find a couple other of the other rivals growing up have uh, have taken me out or taken us both out trying to take me out and stuff like that. And uh, I just feel I, I haven't ever been that close to you on that. Yeah, yeah, we've all we've all been guilty of one one thing or another. But uh, but I've jumped the track to T-bone. Somebody. Yeah, I've I've done. I've it literally too. jumped the track I've to done, T-bone somebody <laughs> and got black flagged. Yeah, and I was pissed they black flagged me. Yeah, it's like you just jumped the track, you idiot. <laughs> but no, I mean that says a lot. I mean, if you're a dirty rider and you know, or claim to be a dirty rider and you take yourself out you're a dirty rider and you're no good at the yeah, same time but yeah <laughs> but you know if you can you know make some moves and and you know kind of gently move somebody out of the way and yeah there, there's a like you said there's a there's a, there's a difference line. between bonsai and and uh aggressive riding but i i can't even imagine like, like you said what, what you've been going through i mean I've I've read a lot of stories and and you know obviously you know what Brad has been through and just the things that's like man you know it's not just I can't move this anymore there's there's just so many other things that come along with it and I you know I well the little things we don't think uh, yeah about. the little things you just don't think about and you know I'm I'm glad you're you're you know you're positive and you know I, I think if you get the, the opportunity and the time and things are going well to to you know get a spot at Motion Pro I mean that's that, that, you know, that's something that I hope for when, when, um, when I'm done racing, you know, just somehow be involved in the industry and, um, you know, so it's, uh, definitely cool. You, you have that stuff, you know, kind of on the horizon, obviously have some things to work through, but obviously we, you know, wish you all the best and, and, uh, you know, hope, hope everything works out and, you know, just wanted to ask you, obviously you said, you know, kind of following the series, what, uh, you know, what, what are your predictions for, for 2020? I mean, three classes. I mean, we'll just, we're, we're going to put you on the spot. Who, who's your champ in the singles production twins and super twins for, uh, for 2020? Man, for singles, um, I don't know. Um, yeah, that's a, that's oh, tough. Geez. It's tough. I'm yeah. There's so, there's so many in, I don't even know the whole roster. I mean, you got to look at uh, Rush and and apparently Wiles now, and you got to stay consistent. I don't know the whole roster for the production, but, I mean, our boy here, Corey, was pretty dominant last year. 
And for the Twins, I think Jared's going to be back. He had a couple things he needed to clean up. Um, it's going to be a good battle between him and Breyer. You saw each guy have, have their own mistakes, mechanicals or crashes last year. I think it's going to be pretty close. He took a couple of the top guys out of the of the Super Twins. So I've got to think it's, it's going to be Breyer and Jared up front most of the time. And yeah. hopefully, I, I want I want Sammy to come back. I know he didn't gel quite well with the XG, but yeah, I want I want to see Sammy back up there. I think it, it'd make for a good story. Yeah, we yeah. just had Sammy on, so that was uh, that he's he's feeling frisky uh, <laughs> riding that Indian man. I think Sammy he'll be uh, he'll be gunning for it, so that'd be cool. I uh, I know you rode for Babe DeMay for a little bit during your career. You rode his Yamahas and things like that. Any, any good Babe DeMay stories? I mean, guy's like 180 years old, and he still, like, goes to the track, works on bikes. Any good Babe DeMay stories? Any funny ones? <laughs> Man, I loved, I loved being around that guy. Um, <laughs> He's a cool guy. I mean, yeah, I mean, you rode for him uh, at Daytona, yep. which was even a couple years before me, and, and uh, I'm sure you, you saw him slowing down a little bit. But that didn't change like his his mentality on on getting us out there and and running the bike twelve hours a day on the dyno. So um, that was his main thing. Was he? he I mean, everyone kind of saw we we almost broke every single race on the, on the twin. And but he never stopped uh, putting his money in. It was only me, him, and uh, like one other guy who helped with electronics yamaha wasn't wasn't um helping us with any of the bills i believe we we got help with with a few motor parts but um he just he just told me what to do he didn't he didn't care about anyone else he would tell people i I know he got in a couple little arguments with um a couple of the tech guys (laughs) about how he wanted to do something compared to how they wanted it done he he, yeah he he, uh but he wanted his his best interest was to help me yeah other than that it was it was awesome working with him i I wish we could have got some better results but man he was so stoked uh at peoria even though he referred to the 450s as as the putt putt bikes um, <laughs> he he was still pumped i got that podium he he never gave up he always wanted to help me i really appreciate everything he did it was it was us it was just driving the truck across the country definitely saw him not fall asleep one time and how to wake him up <laughs> uh, yeah yeah, babe, he's an awesome guy. I never, never really had, I don't think I ever had the chance to ride for him, but have known him a long time. And he would always flirt with my wife, Jody at the track. You know, I think he had a, had a thing for her all, all the time, but, uh, but yeah, babe, he was actually local here in Pennsylvania for a while. And his wife. Um, yeah, yeah. Really cool. So yeah, they're, they're awesome people and always had uh cool boxer dogs. And I'm going I'm to tell a babe story. I've, I hope I'm not crossing the line with this one, but I, I don't think he'll mind. I mean, so babe, he always had a bit of a stutter and, uh, Johnny Murphy, he, he rode for him, uh, back in early 2000, 2000s. Two, yeah, early two thousands. 
And Johnny was telling me a story one time, and there, there was multiple ones, but one that's that kind of st- stuck in my head was pretty funny. And and Babe, he he kind of made fun of himself on a, on a certain certain ones, but he uh, w- I'll tell two of them. So one of them was Johnny was changing the oil in the van, and he asked Babe, "Hey, Babe, how many uh, how many quarts of oil does this van hold?" And Babe goes, six, six, six quarts of oil. And Johnny goes, damn, babe, 18 quarts of oil? Damn, I'm going to have to go back to the store and get some more. But, uh, but yeah, and then and then another one, uh, I guess, you know, another Murph, Murph uh, babe story. He, uh, you know, he, he said something to babe like, man, babe, you need to, we need to get a radio on my helmet, you know, so you could tell me when to get on the gas and shut off. You know, and then Babe come back and tells him. He said, "Man, by by the time I get done stuttering, you're gonna be you're gonna be through the hay bales, through the fence. That's that's not a good idea." So, uh, but no, like I said, I, he's he's a good-hearted guy and has been around the sport a long time, and it's it's cool it's cool to see him uh, see him now and again when he shows up. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's uh, well, yeah. When I was a kid, you know, when I was a rookie, I mean, Babe was. One of the, you know, he's one of the legends. I mean, he yeah. was in the list with. When I was young, he was old. Yeah. So like, yeah. it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah. But, but he's one of those, you know, in the list of legend tuners of the sport. So, um, yeah, he's he's I love Babe. He's a he's a cool guy. Yeah, it it did get pretty gnarly sometimes. Um, like we'd be talking one on one about something and. It, it, he'd be trying to get something out and I'd, I'd start to feel kind of awkward. I'd, I'd start looking around, but, um, yeah, he, he knew he kind of had it. He said, uh, he said he feels like it kind of maybe broke a couple sponsorship relationships for him a couple of times just cause they didn't feel he, he was cut this spokesman. But, um, yeah, he, he always, yeah. one story was he, for, he forgot to put gas in the bike at Arizona. Um, couple good we were we were on our stock uh 86 horsepower twin at uh at springfield one year and uh and the, the uh i checked my lineup on on online and uh and and they happened to revise it so i missed my semi and um and we're going up and uh i'm on the fourth row they let me join the second semi and he's like um, he he was dead serious. He said, "You got you got to knock these guys out of the way." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I mean, I, I've gotten aggressive in my time, but I, I've never really got too gnarly on a mile. Um, yeah, I got, yeah. I, got, I got I got rocked by shoemaker there one year. The bars taken out of my hands, and and I mean, we're going fast on those twins. It's pretty scary. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's not the, not the time or the place. Right? Yeah. There's always those yeah. certain guys. You just know to stay away from on a mile. It's like, all right, get this idiot away from me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a couple of those guys on off tracks growing up. Yeah. I, there's always, there's a couple at Lodi. Um, a couple that gave me the bad rep of being a dirty rider. This, uh, the 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 Lodi legend, uh, the um, older guy. I'm sure you guys know. He Myring took it. 
He took it a little serious. Yeah, he took that. <laughs> he took that little short track a little serious. And um, I don't know him that yeah. well. I just know him as like the Lodi legend. Like he, uh, every time I go to Lodi, he's got a big number one plate on his bike. <laughs> Jake probably raced with him more than I. Have. I don't know much about him. I did uh, amateur nationals like my last two years as an amateur. Um, what was it? I was 14. So I wasn't like up for the horizon award yet. Smith and Myring, I think were the same age and they both won the horizon award that year in, I guess it was 99 and do they took each other out every race and they both won. It. And then they both, won, they, one of them got DQ'd at each round it, you know, Brian took Tony out or Tony took Brian out. And I don't, I guess I was, I don't know what the fuck I was doing. Like I should have been right in there to win the championship, but I was screwing off doing something. But yeah, they ended up both winning the horizon award. And I just don't like the dual horizon. And, award uh, thing either. but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Well, I mean, I know Tony for, for a little while and ran into him a couple of times. I mean, I've, uh, I've always been friendly with him, but yeah, I mean, um, I know, uh, like that, that, I mean, that's his thing is Lodi now. So, Oh, it's Don Don at Timonium, <laughs> oh, <yeah>. man. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, he'd put like each year have the new like four time, five time on his plate. And, (laughs) and like, I, I'd miss like four races because of the pro stuff and, and, um, and, uh, and then come back, he beat me by like one point and, and just glowed about this championship. And (laughs) I feel like he just took each race really serious, wanted to win pretty bad and, yeah. Any little time, any little time I brushed up against him, um, he just, he, he the, the dude played out. One, one time I like came back to, to grab the flag to do the lap or whatever. And he comes up, grabs my helmet. And he's, he's fuming. And, um, yeah, other, other than that, I never really, I had a few other rivals, um, at Lodi, like, uh, um, the Luker one didn't last long, but it was a bad one. He, uh, he, he, he cleaned me out in the dash and, uh, I, I passed him. I, I let him in the left room that he was still riding around the outside of me. And then he just comes in next corner and rocks me and he uh, high side and, and he low sides cleaned himself out. And in the main, I'm in front of him and, and, uh, he tried to do it again. He it, it kind of swapped my rear end out and, he almost high side off me, but we both kept going. And I ended up falling later on in the race by myself. And I'm on the single file in the back, single file, last position. And, and I caught up to him last lap. And I said, I'm, I'm, I'm taking this dude out. He, <laughs> he, he, the crash, uh, uh, he took me out on it. It hurt pretty bad. And, um, yeah, but I said, I, I'm drilling this guy we might both go down, but I'm taking him down. And that ended up being a big brawl in the pits. I ended up being suspended from Lodi for like <laughs> pit <months>. brawls. <laughs> we love the pit brawls. <laughs> yeah. A bunch of these angry parents just, just come into my pit. I, I don't even know who they were. Oh, but, dude. Um, relatable. I've been there. We've been there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess. Are you uh, pretty much, have you patched up most of those really like with those guys? Like, uh, like Luker, Myring, like how 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 do you do you get along with those like your rivals now a little bit more or just haven't really haven't talked to them much or how's that how's that 
going. <laughs> I know you and Bronson's had you and Bronson have had some few uh, a few battles too over the years. So I didn't know if you guys patched it up or what. Uh, I haven't really patched up m- many, but kind of the mutual friends that that didn't like me because they were friends um, with them. They kind of came back once I got hurt, started talking to me. But yeah, Bronson. Um, <laughs> uh, I guess we were at this little short track, and he. he last corner kind of t-boned me kind of like the sammy deal we both lost the position and and uh uh even i guess myron won that race that he raced but <laughs> yeah and then i i never did anything to retaliate we were at willow one year and uh and uh he he passes me not too gnarly but and then he gives me the bird as he's as he's still riding away and uh <laughs> i guess i get it i stuff him back and it wasn't bad, but the San Jose indoor came around and, and it was the last corner, last lap. And, uh, uh, I actually almost fell that race, went all the way back. Um, he cleaned out someone and then it messed up him and I caught him last lap and we just way above the mile per hour for, for, a indoor. I went into him and, um, <laughs> and he did Click second gear real quick. Just get a run. <laughs> yeah, just just way way too fast. It brought me out to the fence. I saved it, but but he didn't like that. Um, of course, rush. Uh, we had a kind of bad one. We a little slide job on a half on on like a on like a um, quarter mile banked uh, cushion type deal. You know, just a slide job. You get close to the front wheel. There was no contact. And I was riding around for the victory lap, and uh, or I was riding around on the back straight with my hand. I was standing up with one hand in there, the other one on one bar, and he grabbed my bar, and and I just completely almost swapped out, and uh, <laughs> we kind of had a little rivalry since then. Damn California but, uh, people, man! Yeah. You guys feisty, getting feisty out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's good though. That's good. That's good for the fans. I mean, I mean, it, anytime there's a Facebook argument, it gets the most comments. We know that to that's be true. true. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we got but... uh, <laughs> we got uh, one more one more little segment for you. Just got uh, it's, we call it the high or low line. Got uh, got two options, and uh, you know, from different different categories. Just uh, pick which one you like, and. Uh, Give us give us a little little brief description. So I don't know. We're big Supercross fans. I'm sure I'm sure you follow it. But it's looking looking to be a a Rocks and Tomac uh, battle this year for uh, you know 450 Supercross title. Who's your guy, Roxon or uh, Tomac? Man, I like Tomac just because that hardy charges. Um, yeah. But then I feel like he has those races where if he gets stuffed or if he doesn't feel it, he kind of gives up. I mean, I, I don't think that's the case, but but it appears that way. And so I want him to win. He, I mean, he's he's been so close so many times, and he, I mean, he's got like three motocross championships in a row. But I mean, at the same time, you want to see Roxon come back. Um, but from from my, everything he's been through, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I gotta go. I I gotta think that it's gonna be Roxon just because how consistent he's I mean, he's like people don't realize he's, he's just won basically what four main events in a row yeah yeah with that triple I, I crown that i don't way. know has anybody won three all three triple crown main events and won the overall like i don't 
think that yeah. I don't know if that's happened yet. That's, yeah, that's pretty impressive. I like Roxon because he's got a personality. Like he'll win a race and I'll have a beer afterwards, you know. And I like Tomac because just of uh, his demeanor and how he rides, and he's kind of like not James Stewart, but he's got some James Stewart in him where he can get a bad start yeah. and charge. You don't see that anymore from in racing, you know. Like I, I so it brings him back some some James Stewart ish tendencies. Yeah. Which instead uh, of crashing, he just. Yeah. realizes it's not his day and yeah. takes what he can get. Yeah. Yeah. But All right, well, we don't know if if you watch ball sports, but if you had to pick one, football or basketball? Man, I mean, my hometown team is in the in the World Cup or whatever they call it this weekend, <laughs> Super Bowl. <laughs> and, um, they're, uh, and I haven't watched a single game. I think I watched one Super Bowl one year just because they were in it. Yeah, but, uh, I watched I watched the NBA just because the Warriors were doing good. I mean, the past four years or something. Um, but I mean, I'm kind of more of a bandwagoner on ball sports. If my if the hometown team is doing good, how many 49er players can you name? I mean, Joe Montana. Uh, yeah, like Joe Montana. <laughs> it wasn't like a dude with the name like. Rice wasn't he like on a 49? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Terry Rice. I just remember that jersey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, don't know, I don't know much about him. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I'm a, I'm a Fairweather fan as well. I'm uh, I'm I'm a big Eagles fan when they're winning. Yeah, yeah Big yeah. Phillies fan when they're winning, but when they're it's like yeah, Chad. When they're sucking, Chad. Yeah, you didn't I'm hear about like, the 49ers from Chad Coase when they were sucking. And then now that they're in it, you hear about them. Yeah. And the Warriors, he wouldn't shut up about. Now the Warriors suck yeah. this year, and I, it's like they don't exist. So that's a yeah, yeah. I feel you there. I'm a, I'm a big bandwagon <laughs> guy too. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people are yeah. with these ball sports. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel I feel people shifted their their gears uh, just in Supercross with. I mean, with Webb not doing so good, they they cheer on another rider, stuff like that. Yeah. So uh, we got got a few more here for you. We got. Uh, what would you rather have, a, a Kawasaki twin or a Yamaha twin? Yamaha. Um, I mean, I've ridden two twins in my life, and two framers even in my life. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I rode um, the Cali at Charlotte. It, it was it was amazing handling, and I felt. Like uh, if we had the the Yamaha motor in that in that bike, it'd, it'd be like it'd be a top five bike every race. The the Cowie, it, it's like a it's kind of like I rode uh, like every every brand 250 two stroke, and uh, the Cowie two stroke it, it's like a light switch, which I felt like the twin was. I'd be I'd be coming like a quarter of the way down the straight, and then it light it it just kind of snap and and light up, light the tire up, and then it flattened out. I felt like with the Yamaha, it was smoother. It it was it pulled longer. I don't know how you feel about this, Corey. I think you've been getting good starts, but for some reason, those those Yamahas get good starts. I don't yeah, know. yeah, I agree. Way? Yeah, they they pull pretty good starts. Yeah. I mean, I typically try and get good starts in general and i've had success with that but the yami makes it 
it makes it easier. Yeah, I, think. I ripped some nasty hole shots when <laughs> I had no business being at the front this year on that Yamaha. I think yeah. like Paris or something, or I ripped a hole shot Atlanta from like too. sixth. Atlanta, Atlanta that yeah. the, the the semi I passed you and you led the first lap. Oh yeah, day. yeah, yeah. I'm one lap hero on that. <laughs> yeah, thing. yeah, but yeah. Yeah, I yeah, feel no. you there. The Yamaha is definitely a, a bit more torquey than the Cowies I've ridden. Like you said, it's kind of a, you know, a little bit of a two-stroke, kind of flat on the bottom, and then just got a big hit where the Yamaha, you know, is a little bit, uh, a little bit more torquey. I, I agree with that one. Yeah, well, mine. It was just the stock one, but um, the other one was probably like a, a hundred horsepower Cowie. But uh, my best finish was behind you, Jake, at a. At Delaware on that, I guess I'd consider it a short track. Uh, oh, yeah. Roof. Yeah. Yeah. You robbed me of the podium just because <laughs> you got a fill-in ride. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, you were a fill-in on, on, that, on the Harley, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I remember that now. You were, I'm pretty sure you were breathing down my neck at the right at the end of that thing, weren't you? Yeah, I, I was catching it slowly, but, I mean, it wasn't... I wasn't ever close enough. Uh, Never close enough for the load I move on. <laughs> yeah, I give you the give you There's the turn a, three load ice. Speaking of turn three load eye stuff. <laughs> speaking of load eye, load eye short track or load eye TT? If you had to pick one, definitely a TT. Um, I mean, I don't know if because of my supermoto background or riding a lot of motocross, but. Um, just just flowing more kind of it gets less boring there's there's a lot of places to pass you could always find somewhere to pass growing up i never got good starts no one yeah growing up i never got good starts and uh i was never on the fastest equipment so that's also kind of where the aggressiveness had to come out but um i think you rode the tt once right Corey? No, I've only ever ridden the short oh, track. No. I, I want to ride the TT. It looks cool. Yeah, they kind of ruined it now. It's some wacky design. I haven't, I haven't seen it, but but it, yeah, I had that hill, the downhill, the jump. It was it was really fun. One of the funner TTs for the how small the space we kind of had. Yeah. 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 I've seen the I've seen the layout kind of it when I was there. Uh, watching the short track a couple times, but uh, definitely looked uh, definitely looked like it would be fun. Um, so uh, next question: uh, Who would you rather race against, Corey or Shayna? Man, um, I wouldn't want to touch Shayna on a mile or a half. Mile. <laughs> <laughs> I'll race. I'll race her on a TT. Sadly, because that's all I got for her. That's that, that's all I got for. Her. I can't ride. I can't ride uh, grooved half miles on a 450 for some reason. I was I'd have better results on a twin against guys that probably should have smoked me against guys that I should have beat on a 450 who smoked me. Uh, I just light up. I don't know. My elbow would drop and and I'd light up the tire and. <laughs> um, but Corey on a on a mile on a twin that's pretty rough too. So I got to say, I'm sticking, I'm going to try and stick on a TT. That's why. <laughs> You're probably safe on both, <laughs> against both of us on a TT. <laughs> uh, 2020 champion, Super Twins. 
Well, he kind of already told us, didn't he? Well, he kind of beat around the bush a little, too. Did he? Okay. I want a black and white. Point. Meese or Bauman? Who wins it? Briar. He he had more raw speed. He has one under his belt now. He knows what to expect. He knows how to manage it. Um, he does get whiskey sometimes. Which is why we all love watching him. Um, <laughs> He he had some some crazy saves this year, which which really saved him in the championship. I seen him turned around backwards at that short track. Oh yeah, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, I I gotta go with Briar. Okay. Unless, unless cool. the the slammer has some some huge comeback, but I gotta go Briar. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be interesting with with Sammy back in the mix, and I just think over the course of a season. It's yeah, just, it's just there's there's nobody that can be on the podium every race, but yeah. Briar and Jerry. Yeah, I mean there might be one of them wild card guys out there that might be able to throw a wrench in the program. What if the wild card wins the championship? Hey, could would, be. Would they restructure? So, so how does whole... that work? How does it? Someone who wants to ride one time a year or wants to join halfway through the year do it? Well, I guess from what I gather from it, you know, you get your wild card license and. I guess you kind of request the rounds that you want to race. And then like right now there's, there's only three wild card spots available per event. So I guess it's kind of at AFT's discretion who gets the spot. Um, I'm not really sure. Cause I know that, uh, I know that I'm in for quite a few of them. I know there's some that are, they're questionable right now, but, uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm Put it really, this way. if you go to Daytona and Atlanta, and you walk out of Atlanta, yeah, Charlotte, I mean, I guess you're it's leading kinda, the points, yeah. and they don't they don't give you that wild card for, let's say, Paris. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it is funny how that's going to work. Yeah, I mean, it's going to, I guess, yeah, I guess it's kind of going to be on a what, what's happening right now basis, maybe. Yeah, huh. yeah I, don't, I don't know. So... We don't so, know, Dom. So yeah, we're, we we're don't. We don't yeah, we're 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 speculating. We don't. We're just taking guesses. We're just gonna have to see how it how it all plays out. I guess. Yeah, we're learning. We're learning slowly, but we'll yeah, see. We don't want to speak so, out of line. You know, yeah. we don't want to. We don't want to cause any problems. Yeah, but I'm wondering, yeah. like, <laughs> if Jake isn't, uh, like, what do you have to pay in full and commit to the whole season? Like, how many wild cards do you get? Or I don't know. It kind of seems like it isn't set in stone a couple months before the season opener, which is, I kind of remember that routine from back when I was racing. Yeah. I remember we didn't have the rule book. I don't even know if we got it before Daytona or (laughs) a week before Daytona or something. It was crazy. They do a better job now with that. Certainly. I mean, when I was turned expert or whatever, we didn't get our schedule until it might have been early February yeah. when we got a schedule. At least now we get some sort of a tentative schedule at the banquet for the following year. Yeah. But yeah, they've gotten a lot better with getting the rules out yeah. somewhat early yeah, in yeah. schedule. And not saying the rules are always the greatest, but they get them out there to us. Yeah. Um, and the, the whole Super Twins wildcard thing, I think it's new to them, new to us. And I think it's just going to take some time for everybody yeah, to get it. We're all experiencing things that maybe we didn't expect or didn't think of. So yeah. Things are kind of, I guess, yeah, it's, I guess it's, it's happening, but I guess it's kind of a trial year and right. see how it works out. But yeah. Yeah. Cool. I got to ask how, how you guys feel about not having two chances to make the main 
Yeah, we've talked about that before. Yeah. I, I don't like it. I, I've said the format's one of the things I is one of the only things that I strongly dislike. I yeah. mean, everything else, I'm I've been pretty okay with what they're doing. I mean, a lot of it works. Um, but as far as the program goes, I don't like the whole provisional bullshit and all that yeah. stuff. I think you should have, you should have to earn your spot in every main event, but you should get two chances. Yeah. I I like that. You know, just like Supercross, you have your heat race and you have an LCQ. Yeah. I, I like that. Um, I don't like any freebies, but I want two shots to legitimately make the final if I break in the heat or whatever. Yeah. So, and yeah, I don't love it. And I, it spreads the love a little bit, too. I mean, you know, like Supercross or or anything else. I mean, obviously, Jared Meese, Briar Bauman, you know, like those guys are in the spotlight all the time. But what about the guy that finishes, you know, 10th, 12th every week that's, you know, that's winning semis? You know, that's... That's a great time for them to get some exposure. Yeah, Corey Texter. Recognize some sponsors. The... Um, you know, but when you're just doing, I mean, I guess that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to build superstars, but. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is nice to, to give, you know, the, I mean, everybody's putting in the same, you know, same amount of work and it, you know, it's, it's kind of nice for, uh, for a top guy to get a second chance and for, you know, a guy that's working his ass off every week to go win some semis and, and get some, get some recognition out of it, you know? So, um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's one of them things we're kind of trying to adjust to and not everybody agrees with it, but it's kind of how it is, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So they give a provisional to everyone or, or everyone who made a main the year prior or something. Well, with with super twins, I mean, only eighteen guys are going to be there, so everybody everybody makes the, makes the main and super twins. But yeah, in our classes, but everyone got a provisional. Like everyone, everybody. if you raced the year before, yeah, whether you made a main or no, not. no, you had to make a main. Okay, if you made a main the year before, you get one provisional. Yeah, if you had points. Okay. But like Chad Coast dropped down to the singles. He didn't have any singles points, so he didn't have a provisional, mm. even though he got six oh, in the right. twins points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, it's um I don't like the provisional thing. I don't even when I you know, they used to give the top ten in points and I got top ten in points the one year and I got and I got a provisional, I still didn't like it. Like I think you should have to earn it. Like shouldn't you shouldn't get a freebie spot yeah. in any final Helps back mix up championship too if a championship yeah. contender's not in it, but you know, they get kinda get a freebie. If you have two shots to make the final and yeah. you don't make it, you know, provisional. It wasn't meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> Take no provisional, yeah. but it's a lot to talk about, man. Uh, more than anything, dude, it was just good to hear from you. Like I like I said on the show, I, I've talked to you a little bit on social media. I like to check in and see how you're doing. But actually uh, shoot the shit with you and talk flat track is uh, is really cool. And hopefully, you know, I, I didn't see it out at SAC last year, but um, hopefully this year we can uh, get together. Maybe I'll swing in the San Fran and, uh, and see you and uh, get together for a little bit. Yeah, let me know. I mean, I'm right uh... – five minutes from the San Francisco airport, but, but yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, it was fun. I kind of always kind of kept to myself over the years being, being kind of shy. People take that as being rude, but yeah, thank you for having me on and, and, uh, and shooting the shit. Yeah, man, it was good. Good talking to you. And hopefully, uh, hopefully things are going well, getting better and, and, uh, you know, keep positive and, uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, maybe see you out at some races or, uh, you know, get to, get to see old Dom again. And, 
yeah thanks for thanks for coming on the show and hopefully uh hopefully we'll see see you soon or hear from you soon yeah definitely hopefully uh there's some big changes here in the future and uh i'll i'll, I'll see you guys at uh at sack probably perfect i want to hear man cool we'll stay in touch dom we'll talk to you soon buddy all right thanks jake and Corey. uh good luck next year thanks dude. all right thanks man see we'll see you dom Calindras. It's uh man, I almost forgot what his voice sounded yeah. like. It was good good to hear from him. I uh I see a few posts from him every once in a while on social media. I love looking at his throwback photos because he's all hung out the side of the bike <laughs> or running into somebody's foot peg or just doing epic shit, you know. Uh it's pretty underrated how good of a rider he actually was. You know, the getting top fives in the twins class, GNC level, low budget teams, podium Peoria winning pro singles races he's a very very talented rider yeah. so it's it's a damn shame that he's not out there with us riding right now and um but he still can offer a lot in terms of knowledge and insight and hell man it was good to hear some laughter from him and talking about the sport it, it's been a while since we've got to hear from him yeah that was cool yeah i mean that's the, that's the most i've ever talked to him i mean you know we were yeah, always friendly at the track you know just say hey and you know, small talk here and there, but he's uh, quiet, like you said. Yeah, yeah, not like he said. You know, he's always been quiet, and I think people, you know, like he said, kind of could take that as being rude at times. But right, you know, he always kind of kept to himself, and and like you said, I mean, he's one of those guys that, man, I think had a ton of talent. Um, just you know, like you said, just didn't have, you know, the the great rides, or you know, just never never quite got that break. Um. But I mean, still did some did some really cool things in the process. So uh, good to hear from him, and you know he's doing well, or you know still still obviously working through some things. But uh, good to see he's got some things on the horizon, and uh, you know things are things are starting to look up a little bit for him. Yeah, once again, uh, our show sponsored by Mike Hacker, President of Mortgage hackman if you need a home loan refinance or home equity line of credit call mike hacker at mike.hacker at presidential.com dot com so this is normally when we have the uh we've got we've gotten a lot of fan mail and a lot of but when i was at when i was at the race in harrington everybody loved the you know the podcast oh man great podcast uh dude noah had a line of like fans that's pathetic over the podcast i hate that everybody hate loves it. noah and where is he he's not here you want to carter you want to call noah and just see if we can get him for five minutes see what the hell he's doing i, I got his number in the middle of like putting an a-arm back on his van yeah uh, well we're going to florida he's racing ocala short track this weekend so hopefully he's gearing up for that. Yeah, we know. gotta post a photo of the van on on uh, our Instagram page. So just see what this guy's working with. He's definitely not getting approved <laughs> for a license if they see his van. He's driving around. Calling him now. Call has been forwarded to an automated oh, voice messaging cool. system. Call him right back. Should we, leave it? Eight, Should we leave four, a nasty message six, right now? His phone always does seven, this. zero, one. Three, call one, call is right not back. available. Call back. It'll ring. The mailbox is full and cannot accept any messages at this time. Goodbye. Big dog with a full mailbox. Call him back. All right, stand by. I don't know why his phone does that. Every ring, the first ring, every time, it goes to voicemail. I was going to say, everybody's got his number now. 
good. We'll call him. <laughs> voicemail's going to stay full. That's going to be fantastic. All right. I got to dial it again. Hold on. Yo. Uh, what's going on, boss? <laughs> what are you doing, dude? Uh, podcast job. What's going on? Uh, I just got to my house from uh, Factory Connection. Well, I left work, went to Factory Connection. Then I, from there, had to go down to Mike Pose, get some paperwork filled out. And then uh, I literally just got home probably 10 minutes ago. So now I'm putting, putting bikes back together and getting everything, all the last-minute stuff done. Did you get the A-arm welded on your van? You got get her, get her through oh inspection? Oh, my God. What do you got going, going on there? Well, the guy tells me, so this van, dude, I haven't, like, used it in, like, I don't know. It's been probably a good two years since I've like actually like taken it anywhere. We'll have, we'll have to repost like the sick. video pulling it out of the yard, axle deep, sunk in the grass from, from oh, about a month ago. I know, dude. This thing has been sitting in the backyard, my, my parents' backyard forever. This is like the OG van. And then I, um, you know, the other van, I got rid of that hunk of junk and I was like, you know what, we'll fire off old, old reliable. And I mean, I think it's been around, so, but I take it in to get the air conditioner fixed because, of course, that doesn't work. And the guy's <laughs> like, you know, it's not inspected, right? I'm like, yeah, but I'm going to be yeah. in Florida. It doesn't matter. It's not I'm not concerned. I'm like, going to be in the state of Pennsylvania for 20 minutes, and I'm good. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I'm like, so it's not going to matter down there. And he's like, well, I just want to let you know your whole shock is rusted off of your arm, and it's just hanging there. He's like, so going down the road, it's extremely unsafe. <laughs> I'm like, well, I guess we ought to go ahead and fix that too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So on the way down to Florida, like I, I told the listeners, we're doing Ocala this weekend. And on the way to Florida, you're doing, what is it, a monster truck race? What are you, what are you even doing? Yeah, so it's a... Uh, like at a monster truck race apparently they're putting on some like a unicross race there i don't know the details exactly i don't know if i'm racing grave digger or if it's like <laughs> or what the deal is because it's a total outlaw race i don't really know any of the details but 500 bucks to win it'd be cool to win 500 bucks because i could use it and i don't know we'll see how much is cover charge to get in the razzles this can't be that it can't be 500 bucks no, but but he's gonna be down there for like a month. Yeah, a month, you got to think about all the times I'll be there. Thirty days, you know. Yeah, that's true. How was the new Steed? You finally got your Kawasaki 450 set up for flat track, which is cool because you don't have to mooch my whole bike anymore. You can just mooch the wheels. Um, <laughs> just kidding, no. Um, so you got the bike all dialed in. How was it at Harrington? Was uh, your first little debut on it? Uh, it was good. I was surprised how well the uh, how well the bike worked. The suspension worked really good. Uh, we made a couple little adjustments there, but nothing like nothing crazy. We kind of I kind of just rode it, and it worked well. I mean, it didn't nothing felt out of the ordinary about it. I thought it was awesome, and I'm excited to uh, I'm excited to ride it a little more, and especially on some TTs, and just get more seat time on it because it feels more like a bike I'm used to being a Kawasaki, which is cool. Any you rode the expert class first time? Anyone slam into you? You slam into anybody else? Any any good war stories? Yeah, some dude on a Yamaha, not a Yamaha. I'm sorry, a Honda. 
like ran into me in one of the heat races because he was probably bent that it was, you know, I, I don't even know how to turn left and I'm beating him and he's supposed to be like some pro or something. So <laughs> I don't know. Who, I don't even know who his name is. So he ran into me or if I knew his name, I'd call him out, but he ran into me. But other than that, dude, it was pretty, it was pretty good. Like nobody was, I mean, I was, you know, I wasn't the fastest guy out there, but I, uh, I did better than I thought I was going to do. You know what I mean? It was, uh, it was good. I grabbed a couple hole shots and uh, it was good. Yeah. I mean, that was, uh, it was a whole new experience. I mean, you've ridden some TTs, uh, half mile, some bigger short tracks and we kind of threw you to the wolves there indoor short track expert. Yeah. I mean, he kind of went, got through the open. Well, did you do? Yeah. You were there open practice in the morning. Track was really good. Yeah. And they, they threw some water down before the, the race program and seen had some moments there, but, uh, yeah, yeah. You had, uh, I would say a pretty fair showing. I mean, it was definitely a big, uh, big learning experience for you. Something, something new, different. So I want to bring this up. You and Corey are going to Florida for the week or well for the month or whatever. So yeah, we need to make, we need to make this deal happen where Corey is on his YZ250F motorbike at PAX or Orlando or wherever you guys end up riding and you got to ride your Cowie flat track bike and we need, we need lap times or or just straight up race. I mean, I don't know what we're going to do. Well, so the deal is I'm going to ride a a flat track bike. Well, a motocross bike with flat track wheels, but basically, I don't know, Midas or whatever. I'm going to ride one of those. We need to discuss And he's gonna run knobbies, and I think I think my lap time. Well, you know, I can't say nothing because he thinks his lap time is gonna be better. I think my lap time is gonna be better. Um, but we're gonna do it. We're gonna find out. I don't know. Well, we, gotta, we need to set. We gotta do need it to like settle that. Well, and then we're going yeah. to Callahan, and I'm gonna ride my motorbike on the short track, and you're gonna ride a short track bike. That's fine. No framer. No framer allowed. Oh, I was gonna say, put them on the framer. <laughs> Framer with knobbies. <laughs> Damn, dude, you made me chew. <laughs> Bring so it on, bitch. Who'd you guys? Who'd you guys call tonight? Dominic Calendres. Do you know him? I don't. Fast guy, San Fran area. Had an injury a few years back. Not, obviously not racing now, but uh, it's cool to hear from him and hear some of the old stories. But uh, but yeah, I mean, big question: Is that van gonna be ready to go in the morning? Corey's Corey's loaded up, ready to go, waiting for you. Let me tell you what, dude. I was supposed to have the van tonight, and then I I get a phone call that like, I don't I don't know, dude. Yeah, it'll be it'll be done, but it's been stressing me out. I mean, it's a pile of shit, but we'll get it, dude. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of went through the same thing today. I I was getting my van ready to go to Texas, and. uh old ford van bought it in back in 05 2004 model had 325,000 miles on it was ready to ready to go go wild card racing this year in that thing all season and uh started cleaning her out and uh kind of peeled up the the carpet in the back and realized that the floor was like damn near completely rusted out and i'm pretty sure if i if i rolled an indian up in there it was going to fall through the floor and take out the spare tire so 
had to well your indian is worth 20 times more than your van exactly yeah yeah so had to had to trade her in and, and upgrade a little bit but uh how much you traded in for again i don't even want to say i don't even well, what's say. the price differential from an in like is it worth like the gas tank on an indian it's not okay well the gas tank's cheap the gas tank itself is cheap carbon fiber cover and bodywork the cover yeah i'd have to have like three vans four van four of those vans <laughs> to cover the bodywork on an indian so there he is uh so yeah I, i'm i'm a little little devastated today I, I was i was quick to get rid of her but when i was leaving the lot seen old mean green sitting there kind of kind of frowning at me and God bless its next owner. Yeah, yeah, poor bastard, <laughs> poor bastard. It was it, it was time to go, time to go. What's that? <laughs> cool man, we'll talk about it later. I don't know if you we'll talk about it later. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I, I'm I'm wrestling. I'm wrestling with this damn shock, man. This thing. Well, yeah, dude. I got I got Corey over here. He's helped me help me put this thing on. And different it's, Corey. Last, last, dude, he got the, the foot's looking good, so okay, he decided to come over and give me a hand. Yeah. Did you, uh, did you get a 10 millimeter, actually, unbolt that shit out of his foot, or what? No, dude. Uh, it was actually a 12. It was a big boy. 12. Ooh. No, I saw, I saw that, though, about your van, man. I saw you got rid of it and um, bought out on the new one. I was, you know, a little disappointed. I was hoping we both will open a couple shit boxes, but it was like running solo. I know, I know. I, I let you down because... Well, I think there was some Snapchats or some texts going on the other day about uh, low-budget race teams and piece of shit vans, but I hey, broke, it is what it is. Broke down. I broke down. I should have. I should have sold mine to you. It would have probably been an upgrade. Yeah, because you know, I'll be honest. I love buying piece of junk vehicles from people. Like that's like my specialty. <laughs> like if someone has something that's beat, like you could charge me way more money than it's worth, and I'm totally interested. Dude, you find your vans like you find your women. Beat. <laughs> yeah pretty much that's how i like them but nice and, nice and broken in <laughs> all right man well i'm gonna let you go because i want you to get your shit together so we can go racing saturday but uh thanks for calling me i was didn't know what was going on i've been running around like a madman so glad uh glad i got the phone call <laughs> yeah we'll still we'll still keep calling you i guess yeah. for a little bit your voicemail cool. <laughs> Yeah, clean voicemail out. It's just like a generic voicemail. Yeah, like, all the listeners have your phone number now, so you might be getting some calls. That's all right. If there's any, if there's any, if there's any hot hot chicks on here listening, they can uh, they can hit me up. You can text me, call me, FaceTime <laughs> me. If, it don't matter. Or you like Peterbilt? One of the two. He's he's good with either one. Yeah. If you like big ass trucks, I'm the guy. <laughs> all right, man. I'll uh. I'll catch up with you. I'll see you in a couple of days. All right. I'll talk to you guys. All right. See ya. Take it easy. <sighs> yeah, dude, this fucking, uh, this... <laughs> yeah, I don't know why this boot keeps popping off. Oh, this is awesome. It's just, it's just stupid. It's the stupid fucking shot, dude. It, like, they give you no room to work on it, and now you got to, like, go like, yeah, I got to Hello? <laughs> hey, what's up? Uh, Stupid oh, ass. Uh, all right, I'll see. I, I thought you guys are hanging up. I just looked down the phones on it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Wrestling with this bike. All right, I'll talk to you guys. All right. <laughs> well, never Chambers. a dull moment with old Chambers. Chambers chimes in. Yep. Well, well, that does it, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's... What was that? Seven of them in the books. Seven. I think. Uh... 
Well, we're going to be busy next week, so might be a little delay before episode eight, I'm guessing, but uh, build, we'll some build some suspense. Build some suspense, yep. but hopefully we can build some news and some stories uh, in between now and then. Share it. Keep the questions rolling in. Comments, feedback, reviews, all that stuff. We appreciate it. Big sponsors for the show coming up in the works, I think. Got some sponsors we're working on. Yeah. Trying so. to uh, make this a thing. Yeah. Keep it rolling. We love it. Thanks again to everybody for listening. Thanks again to our producer, Chris Carter. Yeah. For doing his thing, because without his support and uh, all he does, this show wouldn't exist. So big thanks to him. And that's a wrap. That's a wrap. That's it. See you guys later. Peace.